Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Look at somebody and say, it's time. It is time. Have you ever been in this spot where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired? And you, are, and you have gone around the same mountain over and over and over, and you just know, okay, it is time. It's time to, it's time to stop putting off what you know you should do is good for you, is best for you, and to simply make the decision to do the darn thing. It's a darn, that is a good Christian cuss word, right? Darn, darn thing. Here's the thing, that's what this series is all about. I believe that many of you here today are at a place where God wants you to say today, it's time. It's time to stop playing. It's time to get in the game. It's time to see your life is short. Like, it, it is time for you to, to realize and accept the challenge that in some areas of your life, it's time. And today, the theme is that it is time for you to rest. And some of you are like, yeah, John, that's what I tried to do, but we had church. <laughs> and you decided to have church on a Sunday night as well, so really I can't rest. But honestly, what I felt today starting off is, is that it is time for us to rest. Now, here's the thing, right? Whenever you hear that word rest, a bunch of things come to your mind. You think of just like taking a day off. You think about, I just need more leisure time. You think, I need more self-care time, right? Like, you know, rest could mean 200 different things to the probably 200 different people in this room here today. So today, I really want us just to nail down what exactly rest is and what God has I think we can all say that we are living in a culture of exhaustion. Of exhaustion. And I mean where it's just, you feel it. You're stressed out. You're worn out. You're tired. It's Sunday night. And you know you've got Monday coming. You, you got a whole week coming up. Kids, work, bills, finances, fixing the car, fixing the house. And it just seems like in our lives we have no margin. No margin. Actually, Dr. Swenson, Richard Swenson, he actually wrote a book called Margin. And with this, this book, he actually highlighted 19 different areas that we as people are completely overloaded. We don't have time to dig into all 19, so we're just going to dig into 15 of them. All right, really, 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 really quick. Tell me if you somewhat identify with any of these areas that you could possibly feel overloaded in. Activity overload. Sports teams. You can travel whenever and wherever you want. 5Ks. One city marathons. It's like people literally can't fit in another thing into their schedules. And honestly, what's the first thing in 
most people's schedules that when they get busy, that falls off. Sure, <laughs> see, like, y'all even know. Y'all like, because that's what I do. <laughs> Charge, right? Oh. Activity overload, change overload. I mean, think about how many things in our life just consistently change. Like, it's hard to keep up, right? Choice overload, plethora of options. I mean, I remember the first time I went to Babies R Us. We had a brand new boy, or, 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 you know, we were in that whole, you, you just go and you take the scanner and you just start scanning stuff. And I remember walking in there with for our first kid and looking around and literally feeling like I was going to have a panic attack. Because I was like, we need all this stuff to raise a kid. And literally now that I've been in the, that I've been in the game, I'm like, you only need like five things. <laughs> literally. Like, you don't even need clothes. Like, you just... You just need diapers, like diapers, food, a car seat. Actually, it's only three things. It's like, but there's so much just choices, choice overload, commitment overload. I mean, how many of, of, of y'all say all the time, hey, we should get together. We should, we should get together. And, and this was the funniest thing ever. You've probably seen this floating on, so, on, on, on social somewhere. Can you put that, that up for me? What's such a, how do you make friends as an adult? Say, we should hang. Do not hang. Say, we should hang six, six months later. Cancel. Reschedule. Respect their cancellation. Reschedule. Actually hang. Say, we should do this more often and then you die. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, we just got so much going on. It's just like, we are so overly committed. Commitment. Overload, debt overload, expectation overload, hurry, o- hurry overload, information overload. You know what they say stats is, is, is that in one day's newspaper of the New York Times con- contains as much information as a person living in the, sen- in the 17th century would have encountered in their lifetime. Information overload that just, I mean, it's consistently barraging us, fatigue overload, media overload, noise overload. Are you getting overloaded by me mentioning these overloads? And it just can seem like rest is some, course, is some sort of like pipe dream. It's just it's like, you know, maybe, possibly. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I know you know because I see some of y'all's faces. And trust me, I know what you're talking about. I know some of y'all think that pastors only work on Sundays. Trust me, I've talked to plenty of people just about, man, you must have it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, get in my shoes for one day. One day, right? Here's, here's, here's the thing. I'm not trying to, to gain sympathy points here, but at the same time, being a pastor is a pretty fatal profession. Stats are not um, kind. we just give you a couple here. First off, 80% of pastors will not be in ministry 10 years after they start. And only a fraction make it a lifelong career. And by God's grace, I'm on year 14. Think about it this way. 90% of pastors work between 55 to 75 hours per week. 90% feel worn out every single week. 100% of evangelical pastors have had a colleague who left the ministry because of burnout, church conflict, or moral failure. 91% have experienced some form of burnout in their personal lives. It can just be a job that just never stops because it, it, it literally never ends. People's needs are never fully, fully met. There's a city in here where there's over 200,000 people. Many of them don't know Christ. 
And it's just easy just to get caught in just this cycle of just, we, you got to keep going, you got to keep going. And, and, and really, in the pastoral world, this, this really hit hard in 2019 because of two very well, um, well-accomplished, well-known pastors, one of them being Jared Wilson. They're going to put him up on the screen behind me, 30 years old. He, he battled anxiety, depression, mental health personally, and actually, he actually created a ministry called Anthem of Hope that was created to help those fighting mental health battles. And on September 9th, 2019, it was a typical normal day after performing actually a funeral that day for a woman in his church who committed suicide and helping out with his son's baseball team at 6.30 p.m. had killed himself that day at 11.45. Also, story, Andrew Stolkine. This is here. You can, you can see him here. He took over for his uh, father at 29 years old. A 2,000-person church, mega church, very large church. Um, and right as he stepped in, he felt the pressure of what it is like to lead something with a lot of responsibility. He battled panic attacks, breakdowns. Um, he took a four-month sabbatical. The elder board told him, look, man, you got to take some time off and chill. He came back, actually preached a sermon on depression and dealing with, with depression, and later that week killed himself. And the, the, the point is here is, is that this affects everybody. So it, if this is affecting heavily people that, that are called to teach and preach this stuff, and that aren't just called to teach and preach it, but actually live it, how much more is it affecting all of us? And so here's the thing, I don't, I don't care who you are, what you do, you feel in this culture a pressure of overload, exhaustion, and pressure. And the thing is this, right? I can get up here and cast vision. I can get up here and preach passionately. I can get up here and say, we're going to reach our city. I can get say, we're called to be for our city. But if you are exhausted and stressed out beyond anything, all I'm giving you is some other burden. All I'm giving you is just another thing. And you're just like, oh my God. Yeah, for our city. I can't even be, can I be for my wife or for my home or you know, and, 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 it's, and it's like, honestly, if we don't catch this concept of, of rest and what rest is, we will have a cycle in this church of burnout. We'll have a cycle in this church of, uh, of people getting involved in stuff that they shouldn't be. And so really the, the call here, the challenge here is this, guys, it's, it's time to figure out what rest is and do it. The God of the Bible is a God of rest. I mean, you can see this from the very act of creation. For six days he worked, and one day he took off. Now, I, I preach some, some sermons being decent in some of the areas I preach, and then there's some I preach, and I'm like, I'm a complete hypocrite. And this is one of those areas. Because, huh? Oh, yeah. Thank you? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. Thank you. Like, <laughs> amen. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, it's just like this is something that I can just like, trust me, my wife will tell you this is something that I really, really struggle with. And I'll say about two weeks ago, I had a bad week, right? So here's right, January, I felt good. 
and I was kind of, you know, and, and really one of the big goals in January was to kind of start taking more time off and being more intentional and blocking time off and, you know, but I was feeling good, so I would kind of Friday, my typical day off, I'd kind of get some stuff in set, you know, and, and, and it was like, you know, like the second or third week in February, a couple things happened. The family got sick. Somebody within our church had their 30-year-old son passed and asked me to come and meet with the family, do the funeral. And, and here's the thing, right, there was just a couple things in that week that were not normal, right? But the thing was, in the previous weeks, I had broken the law. I had broken the Sabbath. I, I had said, oh, I'm, you know what, I'm feeling good. And really what that created for me was, is when I got to this week where there was extra pressure and burden, I had nothing built up to hold it or contain it or to actually feel like I could carry it. Why? Because I broke and, you know, and searching through it and seeking through it. And it's like, why, why did I struggle so much this, this week? I broke the law. When I should have been taking time off, I didn't. Right? Here's the thing. God is a God of rest. God himself works sixth, rested one. And you're not better than God. You're not as smart as God. You're not stronger than God. God set that up for us as a precedence to follow. And I'm preaching to myself. Right? But also, too, even we see the people that God redeemed to be his people, the Israelites, one thing he told them, you have been in slavery working seven days per week in Egypt. I'm going to rescue you, take you out, and put a new rhythm in your life called the Sabbath day. And what he told them was, you can work six, but that day is holy. It's off limits. Don't lift a finger. Right? And then we see Jesus come on the scene and preach and teach, and we see him say this in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, which you've probably heard this and seen this, but tonight this is going to be our main text here that we're going to dive into. Jesus said this. He was out teaching and preaching, and he said this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Everyone say rest. Take my yoke. Everyone say yoke. My egg yoke. No, I'm just kidding. Upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And what I believe that God wants to speak to us today is what is in this verse. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, let's just be honest, because it almost seems like when Jesus says this, this is almost hypocritical. Because I think whenever we think of the word rest, we think easy, we think comfortable, we think uh, not very busy, and we think shirking responsibility. Like, when we think of rest, we think of like, on a beach, and I'm going to slaughter this word. Y'all know what word it is. Daiquiri. Sipping a strawberry daiquiri on the beach, living a life of retirement. That, that is what many of us, whenever we think of rest, that is what we think of. Or we'll be like, oh, rest is 
is, is, is you know, not have response, you know, rest is, and, 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 and really what you're thinking of isn't actually rest, it's actually relaxing. Which there is a difference between relaxing and true rest that God calls us to. And we're going to actually dive into that. But here's the thing, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. But look at Jesus' life. Nothing about Jesus' life was easy. Jesus is our example, okay? As, Christ, as Christians, our example is Jesus, right? So when we look at Jesus' life, he wasn't just a sacrifice for us on the cross. Jesus was also an example for us. He, he wasn't just a substitute. He was an example. So here's the thing. Whenever we see Jesus' life, we have to say, what was it about his life? And when, when Jesus says rest, what did Jesus actually say by that? Here's the thing. There was nothing about Jesus' life that was easy. Nothing. Like, here's the thing, right? Jesus did not think that God's plan was always the path of least resistance. And some of you need to, you know, you always equate God's will with how easy it is. You, you can say, you know, if it feels hard, it must not be God. If I'm feeling some dis- discomfort, that's the devil. If I'm feeling some hate, if someone's drinking some hater raid, I don't know if I should be going this way. When honestly, what we see in Jesus, there was nothing about Jesus' life that was easy. Matter of fact, what you see in is that, is that, is that with his path to glorify his father, it was actually the path of the most pain. Here's the thing, right? Rest does not mean easy, and we see that from Jesus' life. Rest, you know, Jesus' life did not seem comfortable. So rest is not comfort. Jesus seemed very busy. He had a lot to do. He sort of had a lot to accomplish, right? Here's the thing, right? Rest does not mean your life won't be busy, right? Rest, here's the thing, Jesus had a lot of responsibility. Rest does not mean you won't have responsibility, Here's the thing, the greatest offer that Jesus offers us is rest, but at the same time, the example that Jesus sets for us is rest does not mean your life, you know, is always going to be comfortable, it's always going to be ordinary, it's always going to be not, not busy. Jesus' life shows us you can have rest while at the same time impact eternity. And here's the thing, if we're going to be a church that impacts this community, then we've got to know what rest is and what Jesus kind of rest is and at the same time knowing that even though we can have rest it means you know what we are probably going to be a tad bit busier we probably are going to have a tad bit more responsibility we probably are going to probably take a path that isn't always easy here's the thing right we're going to dive into this text here verse verse number 28 Jesus said this come unto me and I Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you know this is the exact, this is the exact thing marketing in our culture is built on? Think about it. You see commercials. Oh, you poor, weary, burdened Americans. Come unto this car company and buy this vehicle. And you will find rest for your soul. Get this relationship. Come unto me and get this relationship. And you will, all you who are weary and burdened, you will find rest for your souls. This is what marketing is built on. 
is like, hey, if you're feeling wearied, if you're feeling buried, just get this thing and then you'll find rest. Because see, this, see here's the thing, what Jesus is saying here, it's, it's not if you have rest, but what are you finding rest in? Here's, here's the thing, right? The point is this here, make no mistake. You are resting in somebody or something. Jesus is saying, come to me, because honestly, many of you, us, are finding rest in other sources than Jesus. And it is amazing to me to hear people talk about what they do to get the edge off. Just got really quiet. Because honestly, we can develop unhealthy patterns that develop into soul-controlling, life-altering addictions by going to things that we say will lift the burden off but actually are becoming a way for us to get the edge off if that makes sense it's not if you are finding rest but here's the thing you are finding rest in somebody or something and what Jesus is challenging here he is saying what does your soul find comfort healing satisfaction and ultimately rest in because this is what our culture is trying to get you to do. You're wearied, you're burdened, come on to me. Here's the thing, right? Money says this to you. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Relationships, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Power, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Education, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Retirement, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Physical appearance, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Religious accomplishments, come unto me and I'll give you rest. But Jesus offers, here's the thing. Jesus offers himself as the rest our soul needs. This is what John Bloom says. He says, the simplicity of Jesus' promise is both striking and refreshing. Jesus doesn't offer us a fourfold path to peace, giving enlightenment like Buddha did. He doesn't give us five pillars of peace through submission as Islam does. Nor does he give us ten ways to relieve your weariness, which we pragmatic, self-help-oriented, 21st-century Americans are so drawn to. Unique to anyone else in human history, Jesus simply offers himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. What's, what you see in the four Gospels, the, theologians call this uh, Jesus' seven I am statements, where throughout the four Gospels, Jesus one of the biggest reasons Jesus came was, was to speak and declare who he was and to perform acts to back up who he said he was. That's one of the biggest themes we see in these four Gospels. And here's the thing, right? These seven I am statements Jesus says are this here. He, he says this. Jesus said, if your soul is hungry, I am the bread of life. Remember that one? I am the bread of life. You think you need physical food. Jesus is saying you need soul food. Come on now. <laughs> that just got me hungry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'm about to shut this service down early. Give me some chicken and collard greens. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing, right? What he was saying, though, is if your soul is hungry, if you are hungry here, he's the bread of life. Jesus said, if your life is full of darkness, he is the light of the world. If your soul feels dark, he is the light of the world. Jesus said, if you need access to God, Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I, I am the way. 
to get you there. Here's the thing, right? If, you, if your soul feels lost, if Jesus said if you're lost, he said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, if life has drained you, he is the true vine where, 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 where you can draw nutrients from. Jesus said, if your soul is dry, he is the living water. Jesus said, if your life is full of death, he is the resurrection and life. Here's the thing. Jesus was saying this. Whatever your soul feels or needs, I am the solution. And that is the first thing here. You have to know rest is not in a day off. Rest is not in a better retirement package. Rest is a person. And his name is Jesus. That, that's why he says this, come unto me. Not come into a plan. Come, come into me, those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And here is the challenge here is it gets down to the very core of our souls and beings of saying what is your source of ultimate rest. And this is why so many people don't follow Jesus. Because a lot of people like to deal with just, with just the external. But Jesus did not come just to deal with the external. Jesus came to get straight up where the root issue is, and that's the heart. And, and, and that is the heart. Jesus says, I am the way. Rest is not a day off. Rest is a Person, here's the thing, right? Jesus is a bad add-on. Jesus is a bad add-on. Many people, Jesus is peripheral, but Jesus never came, lived, died, and beat Satan's sin and death just to be an add-on to your life. He did not come to be peripheral. He came to be central, and that is the challenge, and that was his declaration. He said, I am, I am, I am, and the key for us is to believe it and receive it and walk in it and believe who Jesus really is, who he says he is. See, some of, some of you today, you can't find rest because you think it's just a more balanced life. You think it's just more of a life of ease and comfort. You, 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 you just think it's just, I need more time, time off, which that might be practically and technically true. But at the same time, true rest is found in a person. It's found in a person. Verse 20, 29, though, Jesus takes it a tad bit further. He says, come unto me. He's like, if you need rest, rest is a person. But then, but then he says this here. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, that word yoke, if, you know, I, I've talked about this before, but that, that word yoke is actually simply uh, uh, translated teaching or a way of life. Okay, yoke, here's the thing, right? Whenever Jewish rabbis back in Jesus' day would have people follow them, they would, they would be called disciples. And what these rabbis would say to these disciples, to those people following them, they would say, take my yoke, take, take my teaching upon you and learn to live in the yoke, in the way of life that I'm going to actually teach you. Now, Here's the thing, this word yoke was actually a, a, uh, a borrowed term from the farming world in that day. Okay, look, here, here we go. This is what a yoke is, right? It's actually something. It, w it was a, a farming tool. It was a way of harnessing two animals together to pull a heavy load. 
And it was typically a weaker, younger ox would be paired with a seasoned, stronger ox. So the younger ox and weaker ox could be taught by the older ox. And Jesus is saying here, he says this, take my yoke, basically saying, look, you're the weaker, younger one. You don't know what you're doing. You're killing yourself. You need to take my yoke, get connected to me, and learn my way of life. Here's the thing. This is what I, I have found. It's easy to want the rest that Jesus offers, but not fully engage in the way of life that cultivates it. See, this is where I think we all struggle. Just, just as people, like, this is what I've seen as a pastor where people struggle. They have a good desire to change, and then when they start the process, they're like, yeah, that's fun, I'm gone. Right? Jesus says here, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, so there's a promise, I will give you rest. But then he says, take my yoke, take my way of life upon you, and learn from me. And this is what I have found many people don't like. Is because when you learn from somebody, there is a submission attached to it. Where you have to now learn the way of life. And that's an ugly process, isn't it? It's a hard process. If you have kids, you understand. They're trying to take your yoke. You're trying to attach them. They're the younger, weaker one. And you're trying to impress upon them what it means to be an adult, a human being on this planet. But also, too, what, what I've, I, I've, I, I've seen is that we have good intentions with bad habits. But honestly, it takes learning from somebody like it takes an example to truly know what it exactly means, right? Think, think about it, it this way, right? Where my boy Will at? Come up here, Will. Come on, man, come up. Come up here and light here. This is my boy Will Powell. Give it up for Will. What's up, boss? Good to see you, man. He is not single. Is anyone out here that was like, oh, snap. Is he single? No. His fiance is right over there. Alexis, stand up, and she will cut you. Okay, so, so don't be trying to go and talk to Will, all right? <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Anyway, though, Will, right? Now, a lot of us would look at Will, and I'm, I mean, you know, and just be like, yo, like, I want to look like that. I mean, honestly, me, I'm, I'm just like, yo, I would love to look like that. You know, and I mean, it's just like, man, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like you did what, like 45 pull-ups the other day? 38, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, four, okay. I'm prophesying over you. Anyway, though, many of us would say, many of us would say we have the desire to look like this. Right? Um, and really what, what Will could say is like, all right. You want this? Come unto me, all who are overweight and, and need, and I will give you health. Right? And yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Will, woohoo! Let's go, baby. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. And then Will would say, okay, come and now come and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you, take my way of life, take my diet. Take the way that I eat, what I do eat, don't, don't, don't eat. Take my workout schedule. Learn from me. 
And you're like, yeah, yeah, let's do this, Will. I want to have health. I want to have health. And, you know, you'd be like, Will's a great guy. He's so nice and kind, weary and burdened. Oh, we're like, so, you know, soul companions, you know. He's such a nice guy. He's gentle and humble in heart. That's what it says Jesus is, right? But, but then Will starts to train you. Will starts to actually train you and tell you, yeah, you can't eat that anymore. Yeah, that Krispy Kreme donut, that red light from the pit of hell that comes on when you're driving home that says those are hot now, you've got to drive past it. You can't eat that no more. And then you go to the gym where Will's at, and he starts to put you in a training process. And by the third set of push-ups, you hate Will. You hate him. And your body feels like death. And your body is revolting. And it's saying, what the heck is going on? This is the time I have Krispy Kremes. Why am I being worked out? And your body almost revolts. Why? Because you're learning a new way of life. You're, you're trying to obtain health. And really what, what I find is there are so many Christ followers that love the promise of rest that Jesus gives. But when it gets into this learn from me, take my yoke upon you, and they start to feel the uncomfortableness of having to like forgive people. When it comes to not to put your finances at the forefront and actually be a generous giver. When it comes to like, hey, don't worry about your life. Stop stressing. God holds the world in his hands. Why are you stressing about that? When it comes to all of, of these practical life things of learning from him and our body starts start to revolt, then we can get into this whole, uh, Jesus, you're a great guy. I really enjoy your promise of rest. But then you can think the promise is voided. Just, you know, well, I just, you know, it just wasn't for me. When really you didn't even give it, it's like some of you don't have rest because you're so inconsistent. And you, you think you can circumvent the process of learning and following Jesus. And you think because you're struggling and you think because you've got crazy thoughts and, and, and you think because I've messed up so many times that you think that, well, you just can't have rest. Like it's, no, but it's just like what that is is that you are in the process of learning to be like Jesus. And I'm telling you, like, I, I just feel that there are some people here today, you got to know, like, don't quit. That, that revolt that your body's feeling is, is you simply being in training. It's simply you being in training. And here's the thing, we've talked about this, the difference between training to be like Jesus and trying to be like Jesus. And there's a big difference. Some of y'all are trying so hard, like just willpower. No, I'm not going to get drunk tonight. I'm not going to get drunk tonight. Hey, what's up, girl? You want to go to the club? Yes. And you're like, ah! Why? Why? And then like, I hate myself. Oh, man, I got to get saved again. I got to say yes again. <laughs> I say yes again. <laughs> you know, and, and you just think that God's love has left you simply because you, you were in training. 
And, and I just think that there simply needs to be a mindset switch. Some of y'all were trying so hard, and your soul and your spirit is not at rest because you think God's love is determined by your imperfection. When, here's the thing, the, if you're training to be like Jesus, failure is part of the process. In the same way Will, I know Will was training me, he's going to work me till failure. I took one of his bootylicious classes or whatever you do. <laughs> I remember these. That's all I remember. We did those for like 30 minutes. And I walked out of there like, oh, my God. Kristen's going to like my butt tonight. You know, like, yes. Right? But here's the thing. It's simply part of the process. Here's, here's the thing. Rest is a person, yes, but also rest is learned. Rest, rest is learned. I, and I just want to simply apologize also because this thing is way off. So if you're trying to follow this, you can just use. Just, I'm sorry. I have to turn in stuff on Thursday. And then the time from Thursday to Sunday I get new stuff, and I'm like, sorry, Lacey. Sorry, Robert. But, but look, rest is a person that's found in Christ, first off. But, but rest, some of y'all aren't, aren't at rest in your soul because you've got to understand it's learned. Jesus has learned from me. And some of you tonight, you need to make the commitment to not just be intrigued by the offer of rest that Jesus gives. But and like commit to enter in the way of life that he asked you to go into. Like it's it's crazy whenever we asked. I'm not gonna go there. Go there. Well, love you, man. I appreciate you, man. You can have a see. If if you if you do need training, Will does offer training. Just a heads up, okay? Here's the thing, though. Thirdly, really, really quick. The final verse says this here. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And Jesus here is finishing up and, and he's saying, look, the, the yoke that you will attach yourself to, the life that you will uh, attach yourself to, will make your load lighter. It's light and it will actually lighten up your load. Frederick, uh, uh, Frederick Bruner says this here. He says, but Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. A realistic look at life recognizes life is a succession of burdens. Can anyone say amen? It is, it's like you're, you either have a burden, about to get a burden, or unloading a burden, right? It's like you are there, right? It says it's a realistic Look, at life recognizes life is a succession of burdens. We cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that surrender to him, finding our identity in him, will develop us in a way of carrying life that will give us rest. Some of you are trying to escape. I just need to get out of this, this life when, when, no, what you need is better equipment. You need a different yoke. You've got to undo yourself from the, from the culture overloading 
be this and do this and have this and do this way of life. You need to unhook yourself from that and get yourself hooked up to Jesus who created you, who loves you, who knows you, knows what you need, knows what not just what your physical body needs, but what your soul needs. He is the way. He is the door. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the vine. He is the other three that I can't remember right now. But he is all of, he's the, he's the living water. He is the bread of life. Whatever your soul needs, he is the rest. He is the rest. He himself, rest is a person, but rest is learned. You've got to submit yourself to the way of life that cultivates a heart and soul of rest. And then thirdly, here's the thing, the final point, rest is a partnership. Some of you need to know Jesus is walking with you. And the reason why your life feels so heavy is because you're yoked to the wrong person or thing. And today Jesus wants to say, unhook that yoke and and attach your yoke to him because it is easy and it is light. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.